to Fake Movie Experts, the movie review podcast that breaks down a movie franchise one movie at a time. We are doing the Ghostbusters franchise right now, and this week we get to talk about Ghostbusters 2016, or Ghostbusters, answer the call. I'm your host, Joseph Lessel. I'm alongside here with Ricky Marcelli. I wish I would have stuck to my tried and true when I don't know the number and let this go to voicemail. Should have picked up, <laughs> and the guy that the guy that's behind this movie who supports it one hundred percent. He's just name. above. Don't. <laughs> he's just above average. The man that would love to, you know, he protests the fact that people hate this movie. It is one Keith loving his Ghostbusters twenty sixteen Swetland. I, I was about to reach through the screen and strangle you if you were about to call me Paul Feig. <laughs> I thought about it. I honestly thought about that. No, I think our last, what was it, last episode, I talked about how much I appreciate grifters. I think I think I have to take that back now. So I'm pretty sure Paul Feig is a grifter and he's on to some bullshit here. He's he's doing something. <laughs> yeah. Um, this movie directed by Keith's favorite director of all time, Paul Feig. He's um, a hack. You may, you may know him from... Um, such films that he's directed, Bridesmaid, 2011, 2013's The Heat, 2015's Spy. He directed some um, Freaks and Geeks episodes. He was a producer on that. Uh, the Office, Arrested Development, Parks and Rec. Uh, for acting, you may know him from Tim, from Heavyweights, the uh, counselor that lost all the weight. Mm-hmm. Wow, damn. I actually liked Bridesmaid, but I never saw Heat because it did not interest me or Spy. Oh, he's um, a producer for those. Never oh, he seen did, he did, any he, of them. Was he, did he direct? Because that's a big thing. He he directed those. Okay, because those. What Spy was pretty good. With with Melissa McCarthy and Statham. Yeah, that one was pretty yeah. good. And then and what then was the Heat? I didn't much heat. care for Heat. Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Heat. I've seen that one. It was meh. <laughs> Yeah, um, this movie stars Melissa McCarthy, Kristen Wiig, uh, Kate McKinnon, Leslie, Leslie Jones, Chris Hemsworth, and um, I will say his name now, Neil Casey. That is the villain in this movie. Since I would have known who he was before seeing this movie, or even after seeing this movie. Hey, check this one out. The real villain in this movie is the IGN comment section. <laughs> Why? <laughs> That was, that's the whole conspiracy against this movie. It's like the yeah. comment sections. Or, yeah, we'll oh, get no, to that. I mean, yeah. the movie got undue hatred that it was bad before it even came out just because it was a women's movie. But I mean, yeah. then the movie came out and it also got the hatred it deserved. Yes. <laughs> um, movie came out July 11th, 2016 with a runtime of one hour, 57 minutes. However, if you buy the 4K like I did, they only have one version and it's the extended version that went two hours and 13 minutes. Also, what I watched. Gross. It was that long. (laughs) There were so many scenes they added that had no point to the movie. Like, no point. point. (laughs) To be fair, Joe, the entire movie had very little point. It truly did. Um, This movie made me think that there should be improv should be banned. Like, they just need to cancel the art of improv. No more. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's right. stupid don't let well, actors they should have let these actually talented actors probably improv a bit more because the Ugh. script they gave them was garbage um 
we'll we'll get into that. Yeah, I'm um, excited about that. We'll See, get to I, that. I think there was no script. There's some lore here for that. Um, <laughs> this movie, Ghostbusters, is a alternate universe from what we have already watched with Ghostbusters 1984 and Ghostbusters 2. So, in 2016, they decided to hey, or the whole time, um, Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd had been wanting to do a third movie. The movie was going to be called Ghostbusters 3 Hell Bent. It was written in 1999. It, the, whole, the whole issue is Bill Murray. This is about that time frame that Bill Murray was having issues with the rest of the guys. So he didn't want to come back to um, do the movie. So they, the idea was they were going to write Vankman off, Peter Vankman, by having him go with Dana Barrett. And then the rest of the team will have a new member a young version and the idea was going to be ben stiller because it's 1999 so um meet the parents were coming out mystery men you know the rise of stiller um it was going to be like that or hell even kill off bill murray and he would be a ghost like that was some another idea that they thought of and then the movie kept getting pushed back, pushed back. So the third film in reality is that video game that comes out in uh, 2009, the Ghostbusters video game, is their third movie. Is that actually in the lore? Like, is that officially lore? Or is it... Like, yes and no. Like, it is in the lore, but, like, you know, you can slightly separate it from the movie itself. But it is in lore. Because Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis wrote the game, the idea for the game. But uh, Columbia Pictures still wanted to do a movie. And then in 2014, they had the idea of let's do a reboot with Ivan Reitman and writing it. Uh, but following the death of Harold Ramis in 2014, Reitman left the director uh, role for smaller uh, projects, but he remained with Columbia and Sony to find a new director, and that would be one, Paul Feig. So, all that fun stuff before this movie even tries to come out. So, let's talk about this movie. So, Rick, give us the plot. No, you you get to you get to oh. do that. Oh, yeah, no, Joe, I'm no. sorry, man. You, I actively refuse to do the plot for this. I actively refuse. You made us watch this movie. <laughs> you get to do the plot for it. Yeah, man. I'm like super tempted just to read the IMDb little two cent thing because I was hoping you'd just like read the back of the DVD. Yeah, yeah, read the back <laughs> of the Blu ray or you know, 4K box. But, um, I'll honestly just do the um, like storyline that IMDb has for it because. We'll probably talk more about the plot later on as we discuss this movie. Uh, plot for this is paranormal researcher Abby and, and uh, physicist Aaron are trying to prove ghosts exist in the modern society. When a strange apparition apparition appears in Manhattan, Gilbert and Yates turns to engineer Jillian Holtzman for help after after joining the team patty a lifelong new yorker who knows the city inside out are armed with proton packs and plenty of attitude as the four women prepare for epic battles as they ha- as uh, more than 1000 ghouls descend on times square so yeah the, this pl- so overall this plot is basically a there was like four ghouls <laughs> yeah 
Dude, it started like I loved the first and second ghost. Like they looked so good. I was like, holy shit, is this movie actually gonna have better ghosts than the other movie? Spoiler alert, it doesn't. See, I was opposite of there. You're like, I thought every ghost looked awful. Like they all looked they all that same like dumb PlayStation 3, like green glow. <laughs> like green I hate glow. it. Or just like the blue glow. Of, there was a blue glow. The, blue the aura. Glow. Yeah, the the glow around that bugged me. It was like I mean, literally every Ghostbusters has had that glow though. This was a dumber glow in my mind. <laughs> I, I think you're picking a weird thing to be mad about, but okay. I think is I uh, one one of the things about this movie is the fact that instead of using animatronics or real C, you know real product real items, almost all the ghosts are CGI. Like they almost the entire movie is CGI. It's barely a movie. <laughs> yeah you know it's like um attack of the clones how everything is cgi whoa, this whoa. one is let's not attack oh. one of the better prequel movies yeah let's not attack the clones here no, let's not attack the clones <laughs> um but yeah like all the all the ghosts everything is cgi pick, a, but... pick on something like eternals that's fine <laughs> oh jesus here we go is um, that just are we never not gonna make fun of eternals in a podcast now is that keith how it won't. is keith will not it was one of the most hilarious things i've ever seen um, I've honestly but, forgotten most of that movie at this point. That's good. It's supposed to come out on Disney Plus in, um, I think, January. That's the point the of the story is that you need to sacrifice one planet for the lives of trillions. So that's fine. <laughs> Got that going for us. Cool. But so, like the so for the plot is that you have the once it's like the same we had in the first one that they're professors at the school. One is going to get tenure. She doesn't want. Uh, her old friend that she left behind has their ghost book that they came out with publishes it on eBay. Oh, not eBay, Amazon, you know, and then all the miscellaneous stuff that they go through. And then the villain in this movie is a kid that got a guy that got picked on. So he decides to, you know what? I'm going to cause mass hysteria by bringing ghosts back by what he do. He read the ghost book to get the ideas of how to create ghosts coming back to life. So all of that atrocity aside, the actual idea they had for the villain in this movie was actually like, I would say that the idea of the ley lines and someone trying to break the barrier between the worlds was a really cool idea. Like that actual idea was dope and could have been an awesome storyline. But what they gave us was just garbage it it's like the fact i feel like well, they had to squeeze in that sweet improv <laughs> yeah so so i think the fact maybe if they had a better bigger actor to be the villain might have helped i don't know once it switched to hemsworth it actually got worse yeah we got um, a fucking so, dance number. Holy sh! Oh, well, and they didn't yeah. even like deliver on the dance number. They like barely showed. It was in the credits. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, not in the that. extended edition, sir. Not in the extended edition. Okay. Well, in the normal version, in the normal people edition, they hold. They have this whole huge setup for a dance number, and then they just don't even do it. Oh yeah, no, they definitely do it in the extended edition. Wow. Okay. Well, that's good. To and know. it's it is long. they just just pulled it what a high but a big production (laughs) um as as uh paul feig encourages improv improv so like most of the time this whole movie is just them improving the whole time um 
there is a fact that there's this a goddamn comedian. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would just say this. I am not a big, I'm a huge Ghostbuster fan. So when I heard the, this cast, I was like, I was down on it because I'm not a big Melissa McCarthy fan. I'm not a big Kristen Wiig fan. Really? You don't like Kristen Wiig? I, I love Kristen I, she, Wiig. She, to me, she's a one-type comedian. <laughs> and it's it's the... It's the huh, huh, hey, oh, yes. Yeah, oh, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, I the, think she's been pigeonholed into that, but I think she actually, when like you watch the things where she does more, she's actually quite talented. I think when she does a drama movie, she's better. But when it's the comedy, it's almost anything that she did on Saturday Night Live, that's what she does in the movies. That's what it like. They all felt pigeonholed in their roles to like their lowest common denominator of talent. <laughs> like besides Leslie Jones, who actually played like a normal person. Yeah, she and, was like, like the most grounded, like realistic person. Like, <laughs> like actually worked. I'm like, oh, like that's an actual person. Like that yeah. works. But like everyone yeah. else was so like, I I like Kristen Wiig. Within five minutes of this movie starting, I was over it because her character was such garbage. Well, and the Paul, I think it's a product of the Paul Feig thing because it's kind of a through line in some of his movies where I think we're supposed to think that these people are like inherently good people. Whereas in like Ghostbusters 1, like those are not good people. <laughs> but see, I would almost say like I hated the movie because it almost feels like the movie is making fun of its main characters the entire time. It's like, look at these idiots and look how dumb they are and how fucking cringy they are. Isn't that hilarious? And I'm just like, I don't, because I don't like The Office because of that same reason. Like, I don't like cringe humor. I don't like watching things. It's just like, huh, look at how dumb these people are. Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> it like to me for this, for the, the, the four, it's like, if you go to the original four, every Ghostbuster has their trait. Peter Vankman, the sleazeball, you know, game show host. Ray, the heart and soul of the team. Spangler, he is, um, you know, the the techie, the guy that creates everything. You have Winston, who's there. You know what I mean? Like that. But for this movie, I feel like all four characters are, are the second character in the comedy movie. There's no solid ground like, hey, we have the lead actor with the three others that could assist. You have like Melissa McCarthy, who's the, the physical comedy. You have Kristen Wiig as the Saturday Night Live comedy. You have Kate McKinnon as she's the kooky, crazy one. And then you have Leslie Jones as the down-to-earth side character that knows everything. There's no, there was no, in my mind, no person in this movie that had, like, control Joe, of the team. You're overlooking one thing. You also had whatever the fuck Hemsworth was. And you have Chris Hemsworth as the dumb, beautiful man. Paul Feig really thought that Hemsworth is a comedian capable of like advanced improvisational skills. He really thought that. <laughs> I, like as much as I disliked uh, both McCarthy and uh, Kristen Wiig's characters in this movie, Hemsworth is like by far the worst character in this entire movie to me. He does nothing at any moment that is funny or <laughs> plot delivering or interesting. Yeah. Like, he is literally just a running gag of he's hot and here. And it's well, just like, what? Well, that's a, I keep, I'm going to continue blaming Paul Feig for things. But Paul, well, yeah, well, you can, this, you should. Every, this, everybody else has. It's this Paul Feig really like really shallow, like statement that you see, like 
like the, they always cast these dumb blonde bimbos as these receptionists in these movies so check it out what if we flip you know, flip you on your lid and hemsworth this beautiful man is uh stupid and also the receptionist isn't that crazy that though is that's not ghostbusters though ghostbusters had a badass receptionist so it's weird to put that type of like social commentary in ghostbusters that's what i'm yeah yeah, yeah the, I, the, I, the idea is that let's flip the roles but like i'm saying there's no solid ground to this role of because everybody's just improvising everybody's the comedic relief there's no like there isn't really no like in most comedies there's always like the like breaking point in the show in the movie then like you know they have to rebuild to start back up there isn't really that in this movie the i think in our cut for me and rick it's the um like when they catch the ghost then they're like oh we don't need you you're fine we have a we already have a task crew for the government that's supposed to be doing these ghost uh, job type situation like what is the point of having ghostbusters if the government already has a team that is supposed to be doing <laughs> this part well and do they ever in in these movies there's supposed to be a point where the heroes fail and like are in a bad spot i don't remember them ever kind of failing it's just them being told that they, they're not needed. Well, yeah, I don't remember that, them that's, really that's succeeding the either, though. Like, they never really had a trial. Yeah. Like, there was yeah. nothing to overcome in this fucking movie till the end. And holy shit, was that climactic battle just garbage. <laughs> well, like, the, I do like the idea of haunted floats. Like, that idea is kind of neat. Like, the it's, idea it's of, based hmm. off the, uh, it's that, uh, the haunting floats is based off the real Ghostbusters, an episode. Um, it's like the return of the mantis or something. Um, an episode of what? Like a cartoon. Like the real Ghostbusters. No, oh, a cartoon for the Ghostbusters. They um, what in the a, a mantis takes like a spirit takes over a mantis floats. So the Ghostbusters have to release the state puff marshmallow man, and then we get a battle. And did anyone else like? The fact that the like as much of the original cast that was alive was in the movie at one point just get mad that we just did a full reboot instead of just something like Joe, you've seen the cartoons. I loved the future Ghostbusters or whatever that was called. When they uh, had, like, extreme young... Ghostbusters. Extreme Ghostbusters. Why didn't we just do that if this is what we were gonna do? Just get a young crew that's being kind of led by the original Ghostbusters instead of having original Ghostbusters in the movie but being worthless and then just dropping quips from the first two movies. I was like, what, yeah. the, what are we doing? Like they wanted this movie to be a reboot slash a, and it blows my mind about like, it's supposed to, you know, have the Easter eggs and all that stuff from the original, like original one and some from two. And it's funny. Cause people, you know, some of the rankings, all that people like that. But when, when we get to ghostbusters afterlife, everybody hates that idea of the fact that there are, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about an after the uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife podcast, but it's just like people they did it in this movie and everybody loved it. But now in the future, what what too much, too many, too much. And it blows my mind because the ones in this one weren't like they weren't even Easter eggs. They weren't things yeah. that's like if you loved the series that it's yeah. funny. It's the thing we say about wrestling when it's the flashing red lights. Like they literally took a steel chair and hit us over the fucking head with them. Yeah. Where it's like that wasn't <laughs> clever. It wasn't interesting. It didn't feel like an actual homage. You're just like, hey, idiot, you love this stuff. I'm going to say yeah. it because you love it. Like, uh, there, you know, there's like the scenes of like in Ghostbusters. We have, we have the jumpsuits. You know, we have the proton packs. 
We don't know how they get it in the original one, but they just have it. And this one, we have to make sure to let you know that um, Holtzman, uh, Kate McKinnon's character, is the one that's creating them. Leslie Jones is like, here, I have jumpsuits that I got from work that I stole because we've been getting slime so much, we won't get slime on our clothes anymore. I fucking hated that too, by the way. The slime shit. So fucking lowbrow bullshit, stupid humor that I was just like, what? Why? It's, that's just a continuous running gag that they kept doing the whole movie. I'm like, and are we on goddamn Nickelodeon? What are we doing? There was like all that gag of slime. They have the wonton soup situation of getting one wonton. And we had to have that three different times in the movie. Like one's fine. But then two more times down the line, and it's just like, are we serious here? Well, with- the, you got you to follow the, the equation there. Comedy works in threes. It was just a really shitty bit that, like, they went in shallow and had, like, no buildup, no content. There was no jokes in this movie. There was a jokeless. It was all just improv fucking Joss Whedon-ass, like, dumb quips. It was like... like- <laughs> the, the, there was like one thing I lacked. So like this cast of the, for the show, you have Charles Dance, the dean. He's from Game of Thrones. You had Steve Higgins, the he's an SNL writer. He's Jimmy Kimmel's side guy. He's the dean of the bad school that uh, McCarthy works at. Um, you have God, I hated uh, that the thing with the middle finger. The middle uh, finger went way too long. Well, when it's... he when he fires them, he's like, "Oh, caught it. Let's get out of here." I'm like, I didn't even like it the first time I saw this movie. That's why I said that improv should be outlawed at the start of this podcast. That scene. <laughs> you have Andy Garcia, who's the mayor. You have Cecily Strong, uh, Strong as the assistant. You have Ozzy Osbourne as a he's in it for some reason. Cecily Strong fucking owned every scene she was in, and I love Cecily Strong, and yeah. I will watch anything she is in. She is so fucking good yeah she's she's very and, she's like she's one of the best on us now <laughs> and like she did such a good job of actually playing a character on this movie and actually like being in a role that worked and mm-hmm. i'm like cecily i'm sorry you had to be in this movie <laughs> like there's like there's like i'll be honest after watching <laughs> this movie for the first time in theaters i was questioning it i was like it's okay it's not good and then you know as the years have gone by i've watched it and i was like I mean, I laugh like I chuckled twice. Hey, what's our history that's, with this movie? That's more than me. I this is my first time watching it. Oh, really? Oh, oh wow, interesting. I didn't know that. I Wait. just there was nothing because there was nothing about it that really interests me because it felt like a money grab when they first did it, and then like all the reviews I saw were just like it's not good. So I was like, why would I commit to this then? I'm not that interested in a reboot for Ghostbusters anyways because reboots usually suck. Keith. What about yourself? So I saw it when it came out. I think I saw it in theaters. But... You did. You with me. We oh, went to right. a, a we went to a uh, food cart after. Nice. Yeah, look at us. But the um, this movie came. I I like to put my movies in the context of history. I've, I haven't done that. I didn't do that. I didn't do that for the last couple of movies. No. But this movie came out in 2016, which was a fascinating year. Mr. Donald. That's Trump one way to be... put it. Yeah. Well, it is fascinating because this movie came when at the. This was like the, this is like, I think this, like this movie would show up, is going to show up in history books as some of like the stupidest discourse that's ever happened around a movie at one of the stupidest times in history and one of the stupidest countries that's ever existed. So like this movie is like the peak stupid where like, it's a, I'm, I'm stealing a 
stealing a theory from my from my lovely cousin here but i think that they like they used the hatred in the comment sections to help market the movie so it was this really cynical shit with this this movie is really dark <laughs> i think but anyways yeah as far as my history with it i saw it and it was when i saw it it was i usually like movies when i see them in theaters that's like a thing like a, a trait of mine <laughs> yeah but like I just yeah I remember I was it just like washed over me like it was nothing. I I, I slightly remember you going like eh, <laughs> and I was like it's okay I think and I think I was like I was trying to be one of those like being a Ghostbuster fan I'm like it was good because it's in the realm of go the mo- franchise and then like after a while I'm like no don't worry Keith your boy uh Don uh, Donald Trump did a little video of like him yelling at the camera about they're making a Ghostbusters movie with an all female lead yeah I peak dumb this is like this is like a signifier of how stupid our country is this movie yeah. <laughs> they're making a ghostbusters movie with all women oh yeah what the and, hell and donald trump doesn't care i know <laughs> like, oh, i know just, um it's fascinating so so yeah i rewatch this is like on for me this was the second time watching this because of like the hatred grew and i and i'll be honest i bought the 4k to co- for my ocd-ness of uh buying things and uh, it did it didn't help it didn't help <laughs> i i think i've bought in almost every single movie we've done on this podcast besides the q edition movies um god i don't know what this is the first time where i rented the movie because yeah. i was just like i don't i i don't want this yeah this movie doesn't need to be on anybody's shelf yeah, it's on mine. <laughs> um, but like watching it last night and be like, okay, let's see what it is. You know, the uh, the producers are like, hey, you since you are a diehard Ghostbuster fan, you know, empty your mind and you know try to fresh start type thing. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it. You know, I mean, you take the other two out, and it's gonna be its own single movie. I chuckled twice. Oh. I'll be honest, that's more than me. I had one line that made me laugh in the entire movie. So, Joe, What's what the... lines made you laugh? Uh, for me, it was in the beginning when uh, Ed Begley Jr. goes up to uh, Kristen Wiig and then has them show up to the the uh, the museum, and they're like, "Hey, we need to talk to Ed Begley," and he's like, "Ed Begley's died." 15 years ago oh, was like, oh no we just talked to him a ghost and then he shows up like no this is who we talked to i chuckled i asked the chuckled part i was like oh this is ed begley oh, this is ed mugruff jr i was like okay that's it got me again wait are any of y'all uh, silicon valley fans no and i find no. it hard to go back and watch the show now after what came about about the one dude Oh yeah, no, this shows that shows genius. But that guy is in it, and uh, they really wasted a good talent not having him in it. <laughs> I just said Bagley Junior. or the guy no, who Zach was Woods. In... Yeah, okay. him. I, I just know him from Gabe from uh, The Office. Oh, Where they right. used, wasted him in The Office too. Yeah, he is a deeply, deeply funny man. <laughs> um, what about you guys for something funny? Mine was when uh, Leslie Jones went to crowd dive and everyone just stepped away. That's the other one. And she goes, I don't know if it's a woman thing 
or a racist thing, but we're gonna talk about this. I was like, okay, that was that was pretty funny. Mine was different, but it was also Leslie Jones. It was when they were all like queued up for the dance number, and she just walks up and says, "Yo, why y'all like this?" <laughs> <laughs> Leslie Jones was legitimately good in this movie, and it's like depressing of how bad the rest of the movie was. God. I'm, sad- I'm starting to think. I'm starting to think. Kate McKinnon might be a hack. <laughs> like, she like all she did was Maybe. just make faces. <laughs> that was like her bit. Was just she, she just made faces and licked a gun. I wanted to like her character so much because I love Kate McKinnon. Yeah, but there was just no redeeming quality. Like till the end, where like she actually there was some moments in the movie where they actually humanized the fucking main cast. <laughs> like when Kristen Wiig's character gave the speech about like seeing the ghost at the end of her bed. I'm like, all right, you've actually like grounded the character a little bit and gave her a story and then just did fuck all with that for the rest of the time. Oh, yeah. Like, like they just like, use it as a way to get the ghost girl name, which was just. <sighs> like for McKinnon's character, it was like the idea of her being the kooky, you know, like it, it doesn't help when you when they do the first time that they see the ghost, uh, McKinnon, McCarthy and Wig. And then they pan over and she's eating Pringles. It's like, are you eating a chip right now when we see a ghost? Paul For the Feige first so time ever. Happy with himself about that scene, I'll bet. And then drop you know, the line once you pop. I was like, check, please. I want off. Hey, oh, hey, any of y'all guys want some uh, Papa John's? How about some Papa John's? We're in New York and we have the best pizza in the world to some people's <laughs> opinions. But what do we get? Papa John's. So. Ugh. One of the funniest things I have to tell you both is you both texted me your first thought of when you started watching the movie last night, <laughs> like legit, like, like side by side. Um, where, where did it go? Um, <laughs> Keith, I'm about 15 minutes in and I can't handle this goddamn improv banter. <laughs> um, Where's Rick's first one? <laughs> we should include. I, to, I just started, and it's a hard oof so far. We should make this a new bit of the show here, where you like we we text fifteen minutes into the movie with our impressions. Yeah. <laughs> but like that's, that's not like, a bad idea. Yeah, because that's what you guys sent me. Like the first within like first like side by side too. It was just like okay, that's pretty funny. Like. And I, cause I finished the movie before you guys even started yeah. your viewing, and I was just like telling uh, Zen, I'm like, "Yeah, they're gonna have a fun time." And then Ke- I think Ke- Rick's like, "It's two fucking hours, Jesus Christ, dude!" I got to an hour fifteen into the movie, so I had an hour left, and I don't think I've ever been so depressed about have an hour of my life I had left. Dude, mine, I did, usually, ex- usually when they call movies extended, it's like four minutes longer. That's yeah. amazing to me that it was a whole like almost 20 minutes longer <laughs> because because they put scenes in the movie aka there was a you didn't get it keith but we got a musical performance by wig and mccarthy from their when they re-performed their seventh grade paranormal act oh that was probably a good thing they cut that out of the actual movie because that thing was <sighs> and if you listen to their lyrics they're telling the whole plot of the movie yeah wow. they are and they have that. Then you have a boyfriend who may may who may or may not be Kristen Wiig's boyfriend, who's a professor at the school at Columbia, and um, 
may or may not be her boyfriend, but to me, I know I said I never seen it, but I, like the only thing I've seen about like Bridesmaid is John Hamm's in it, and he's like an asshole, like character. And in this movie, she, the boyfriend is the asshole type, uh, like a PG thir- a PG version of John Hamm from uh, Bridesmaid. Like he, Keith, you didn't get the boyfriend, huh? Nope, that was not in there. Yeah, <laughs> is he not good? Another thing that deserved to be cut from the movie because I fucking hated everything about those times. They just like cut the... John Hamm out. That's crazy. No, 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 it's no, not no, John Hamm. no, no. It's not John Hamm, but he reminds oh. me of John Hamm for Bridesmaids oh, because it's, it's the will. Are they? Aren't they a couple type thing? Yeah. I could have gone the rest of my life assuming that John Hamm was in a deleted scene in Ghostbusters 2016. You know what, Keith? He was just for you. Good. I can't get just over how loaded that like it wasn't like A level talent, but how loaded this cast was with B level talent. Oh yeah. Like there's oh, so like the dude from fucking the wires in this goddamn movie. Uh <laughs> who just passed like John W. Wait, what was it? Yeah, he uh passed away like a month or two ago. I think John, when is it? Dude, I fucking hated every scene with the goddamn uh, Homeland Security guys. Like, <laughs> no one, you couldn't take anyone serious in this movie. No one was fucking like a person. No one believed that what was happening. Like, I felt like they'd all ever, like, that's my problem with Force Awakens is that a lot of the people in Force Awakens to me felt like no. they'd seen Star Wars. Like, I don't want that in my movie. It's Michael <laughs> Kenneth Williams is the actor that just passed away. But it's also Matt Walsh. You made he's from like the um he is from the hangover. He's the doctor who's like, hey, go fuck yourself. I'm not, you know, not a tour map. Uh he's from um role models and stuff. He's like a side actor that you can point out and go, I've seen him in those movies. He's a funny dude. Like he, he is. usually has really good moments, but oh god. And like Keith, did you get did you get the scene of them basically telling them to stop, and then they start driving away, and then the guy's like, "We're watching you," and then goes like five more feet, "We're watching you," and then twenty feet, "We're watching you" from the car as it's driving away. I don't think I did, but honestly, we were talking about runtime earlier. I spent a lot of my time watching this movie, like really trying to make myself pay attention, and just because I was about to talk about it the next day, mm-hmm. but. Boy, mm-hmm. it was hard. I was busting the phone out. I was like walking to the kitchen to get chips. Like, <laughs> like to me, one of the worst scenes, and it made me just uncomfortable, is the scene of uh, Kristen Riggs character getting fired from her job, and then she has a long, like five minute walk down that hallway doing her SNL skit, carrying her box of yeah. stuff, Which- and she's like, "I'm taking my plant for a walk." And I'm like, just wrap it up. That's where a movie needs writing because they just had their. I guarantee that Paul Feig, the the, the grifter piece of shit, <laughs> Paul Feig, the sinner, was like, "Hey, Kristen Wiig, you're really funny. You're good at this improv thing. Can you just walk down the hallway like you've just been fired and say some funny shit on your way out?" Like, and which is she did her best with like what what they got because I think Kristen Wiig's good at that character because that's what she always it- does is like she's always down and out on her luck that's like the Kristen wig bit but the thing is in the, the edition we mean rick watched there's a scene of her stopping to talk to the boyfriend and he like ignores the shit out of her yeah i and it just it just went on and there was like almost a lot of these scenes it's just like wrap it up well, we don't need this we don't need that it goes back to that cringe comedy that just like 
it was just atrocious and like what like what's the idea of the like i've said it before like all these all the main actresses in this movie are supposed to be playing support supporting roles there's no ground person because you like i've said you have Kristen Wiig who is serious at one moment and then she does her SNL quips and then like she dresses like she's a 1800s woman. <laughs> you, you know, like okay. when, when Kate McKinnon was riffing on her suit, that was a little bit funny with like the bow tie thing. The world's smallest bow tie. Yeah. Like I, I chuckled a little bit there. Cause that's like, that was like, they started to tap into Kate McKinnon's potential there. Cause she has the potential. Like the Kate McKinnon, Leslie Joan dynamic actually worked really well. Leslie Jones like, you're fucking time. crazy. I don't trust yeah. you. I'm like, that is the reaction you should have to this crazy bitch making things that just explode in the middle of the street. Yeah. Like they have they, I think, you know, Leslie Jones, I think, is the star for out of four. Oh, yeah. But and, and to be honest, she got a lot of hate after the movie. Like she was like target number one to the fan, like to not fan base, but to like just re- you know the IGN people. comment section the IGN, <laughs> unfortunately like the, uh, leslie jones has just always gotten that she got that on snl too like she was the one who like got hacked and someone stole her nudes and put them out there geez. it's like dude why do people hate leslie jones she's funny but yeah they <laughs> she was really they, good on snl they went after her again like she became you know target number one with people she's also very funny online like her twitter and instagram stuff is usually pretty funny <laughs> yeah um then you have you know like i said before like you have mccarthy who is like to some people's eyes the female version of chris farley that the physical you know i think that's act. derailed her career oh i think so too it's such a hard because like she gets put on this weird pedestal for it when I, she's actually quite a talented actress when like she's actually been asked to like act but like they just put her in this bubble and be like, be this person that you've been in like seven different movies. Yeah. Joe, I take in more uh more rom coms than you do, I think. So you're saying you're not a big fan of her, but I've yeah, I've I've seen her be good before. Like she's most my it does, I, I, th- that does not surprise me. I've heard, <laughs> she has like a drama video movie on Netflix. I'm I've heard she's really good in it. Like <laughs> I just don't see her, I just don't like her way of acting the 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 chris farley route because that's all she's been doing that i've seen her in and it gets old because she had the hit with bridesmaid you know she was the uh you know she became the it girl after bridesmaid because no one knew who she was and then to continue staying that route it's if you look at her movies it's you know heat she's that same character the crazy you know uh hit person yeah, it, yeah. all the it almost seems that it's once again to piggyback on keith here it's feig's fault he's yeah. literally every time asked her to play the exact same character in every movie that he's directed it, he's like you know you did that money. that one time let's do it again and again mm-hmm. and again because you know it's still the 80s and that's what people want is the same character in a different role a bunch of times who <laughs> wants to diversify and be interesting Except I'm, I'm, uh, Vin Diesel. I will watch Vin Diesel been, be Vin Diesel forever and always. Yes, I'm sir. Wikipedia-ing Paul Feig right now as we speak, and I'm guaranteeing to find something annoying about him. No, oh, checks out. <laughs> uh, you see, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing he's like the, the kid of a rich person. I don't, the, the, I don't think so. 
Joe, did the weird exorcism shit they put in when like the ghost would possess bodies piss you off? Yes. Because it pissed me off. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. It did too. But the idea of um like the scene, it like it just made me angry because when the ghost possesses uh McCarthy's character, she's oozing slime from her nose, her face, all that, and the guy's like narrating in her head. And it's just like, oh, I didn't know this would be disgusting. And then she pukes over the entire bathroom. And then when we come see her later on, the bathroom's clean. <laughs> you know, like it's just like, make up your mind on what we're doing here. What's the point? What's the idea of this movie? This is not a Ghostbusters movie because of the fact of, sure, there are ghosts around, but there's like no, to me, no heart in this movie oh it was soulless i think with the cast they had and like the talent they had i think a smaller scale might have worked a little better like they could have made a whole movie out of that like first setup at that mansion there because they had the they had this whole big long intricate backstory and the big silly painting and the ghost coming out of it so like and they had nothing to do with the movie like they could have made a whole movie of them like trying to get to the bottom of that mystery in that house it would have been like a good haunted house movie and that would have been fine like it, it didn't need to. It doesn't need to be this like big scale Ghostbusters ass movie. Like they could have, if they're trying to reboot it, they could have just done something different. And like Dan Aykroyd says that he, you know, he helped with the movie, but they wouldn't take any of his suggestions. You know what I mean? Like to me, <laughs> to me, yeah, yeah. To me, Aykroyd's selling his vodka and stuff. But uh, no, it's the. They went that I think they went this route for this movie because of the fact that hey, look, we have these four comedy uh actresses, they know what their roles are. Let's just make a movie around them and we'll call it Ghostbusters. It's like to me, like the last Rambo movie. It's not a Rambo movie. You just you can you can take the name Rambo out and it's a Sylvester Stallone movie. <laughs> that's anything else that's not called Rambo. Rambo, we hate the Mexicans, was basically what that movie was. Yes, it was. That's um, one the, the chick from Dexter where they go save the people from Christian, like the, no, that's save four. the Christian missionaries. That's yeah. four. <laughs> that one was tight. <laughs> yeah. It, oh yes, yes, it was. I saw that one. <laughs> yeah, I saw well, that this one. This Rambo, theaters. his like only connection to his family gets murdered by like Mexican cartel, and then oh, he goes yeah. and does some brutal murdering. I think I watched like, it and didn't. I don't remember a minute. <laughs> I just remember someone's bone came out of their body at one point. It was really collarbone. Um. But like for this movie, like we, we we've said before, they tried to make homages to the original one by doing, you know, we have the firehouse. No, we can't do the firehouse. We're our location is going to be behind above a Chinese restaurant. We have the Ecto one. No, we don't. We have a funeral, uh, a hearse as the Ecto one, and they painted like hated that car with the most generic. Like, let's talk about this. Let's talk about their the Ecto one and their outfits. How most generic they both look um like, i just hated how big the siren was like i just like <laughs> that always drew my eye and i'm just like why is that siren so big yeah those the like, light the rotating light the light the yeah like the light the, the car and the uniform didn't stick out to me they, they didn't bug me which i guess that in itself kind of bugs me because like they didn't stick out i didn't give a shit 
It was just like, oh, they're they got their car now and they got their jumpsuits. That's fine. It definitely felt like the off-brand version of what Ghostbusters would look like. <laughs> yes. It's like you yes. didn't have the actual like naming rights to make it actual. So you're like, it's the ghost finders. Yeah, it's the we yeah. have Ghostbusters at home. <laughs> it, yeah, it's the it's the idea of like the store brand. Because like look at the jumpsuits. You 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 know, I jokingly put on my Ghostbusters jumpsuit for Ghostbusters one. I was going to do I'm I re I dyed a uh, <laughs> jumpsuit to look like Ghostbusters two, the gray one. It wasn't ready for episode two. Oh, and so I didn't wear that. Not gonna wear it. I'm not wearing anything Ghostbuster for this movie because nothing to me looked like I need to go get that. I don't need to go get the proton pack that looked like a. I don't know. Uh, I don't need to get a the jumpsuit because it it just looks like a crosswalk. You know, a uh, jumpsuit with hazard lines across saying, don't hit me. Like, nothing to me in this movie felt like, hey, I need to go get that. Did that, like, safety board, like, light reflective strip bug you guys, too? Yes, oh, it yeah. did. <laughs> yes, it did. Another thing that bugged me was, and probably Rick, maybe, I don't know, Keith, about yours, but did everything jump off the screen, go through the letterboxing, like, Ugh. 3D? The 3D effect made me want to rip the my eyes The 3D effect out. killed me. It was so. Did clearly, you get that, Rick? Like, <laughs> I didn't really notice it, and if I had, it would have pissed me off because oh I hate, boy, you're because oh, you, you got lucky that you didn't you didn't notice it because like anytime slime would come out, it would shoot across the letterboxing. Anytime they would shoot the proton packs, it would shoot beyond the letterboxing, and it, yeah. and it bugged the hell out of me. Weren't weren't 3D TVs dead in 2016? They were dying. 3D movies still aren't dead, dude. Like, no, like, you can still go TV see set. movies but, in 3Ds. Yeah. The push for the 3D yeah. movie, like, TVs were dead. But, you know, there will always be 3D movies because oh, yeah. they suck. But, like, 3D TV the, sets, those were a passing phase. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the 4K box I got for uh, this movie, it comes with 4K Blu-ray 3D. <laughs> see <laughs> this i bet this was probably one of the last movies that really pushed 3d then because i've never seen a 3d movie i'm like oh my god it's so three-dimensional it's always just been a layered 2d image to me oh friend yeah of, didn't friend of the pod trevor have a 3d tv yes he did <laughs> we actually I were giving it. him shit about that the other day good <laughs> i, I saw it i saw toy story 4 in the movie theaters for 3d and the only thing that popped out to me was the preview saying this movie's 3D. That's funny. I can't wait to do Toy Story at one point and just talk about how the last two movies are just like epic depression factories. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. I don't, I like, there's so many callbacks that they did, like uh, Echo, Echo or uh, Deco Art. I don't know if you guys know is that when they, we're shooting the museum like it's deco art stop if you go back to one when the ghostbusters get to like the 20th level floor on when they get to dana barrett's apartment uh egon's like oh deco art nice nice um it's, it's art deco you're art reversing deco. those <laughs> no i yeah, like well, deco art <laughs> i'm calling it deco art because i'm legit like that did anyone at least give a little fist pump like me when we saw Michael McDonald being back, though? I was like, hey, oh, it's Michael yeah. McDonald again. I support anything Michael McDonald shows up in. <laughs> he's in uh, he's in Halloween, too. So, you know, it won't end well for him if you. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So that deco, are, I'm gonna keep calling it that because I think it's better. Like, I wish they would have. Sorry, I I got to go back to the aesthetic of the yeah. movie. Like, they, if they really wanted to, like, like smash the history, or as as Taylor Swift says in her new Taylor's version album, "Fuck the Patriarchy." Like, if they really really wanted to fuck the patriarchy, why didn't they like just invent a whole new aesthetic for ghosting busting ghosts? Yeah. Like, they used the same logo. They came up with a weird wacky story on how to do it and it's just the same thing they used the they made the car look the same they made like they had the same proton packs like they could have made they, those all look crazy they could have and like they, they tried because of the fact that sure how did we get the logo on this one uh a a spray paint artist tagged the wall in the train station that where leslie jones works and like kate mckinnon's character just takes a photo of him and went that looks like a good idea uh, logo. Also, oh. one of the moments is another Leslie Jones moment that made me cr- chuckle a little bit was her telling him not to spray paint. Like I thought yeah. that scene was a little bit funny. He just Leslie Jones like, just say, "Stop it! Just <laughs> this is my job." And it was such an easy joke, but he just says, "I'm so sorry." While he's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, yeah, I'll be honest. It, it chuckled for me because I forgot what logos they do. Is when Chris Hemsworth shows them like the ideas for his logo. And it's the ghost with big boobs. And it's like, is the boobs not big enough for you? Oh, I hated that. Part. <laughs> but then like I just chuckled when he did the idea, like when he kept showing the other logos ideas and one 7 Eleven. That one was made like, me chuckle. That was bit. like, okay, chuckle. What no 711? No, it's 7 Eleven, buddy. Um, but yeah, you know, you're like once again, Chris Hemsworth's not a comedian, can't do improv, Paul Feig. Don't make him do improv. <laughs> he's fantastic in Ragnarok. Like because yeah, they like had like a Titidi like writing him good lines, <laughs> like, like yeah, but like this is like this is that time frame where he he did fantastic in Ragnarok. They gave him Ghostbusters, and then when we get to the Men in Black franchise, hey, dude, hot take: Chris Hemsworth, amazing as Thor, maybe not an actual great actor. He has not no. been in a good movie that wasn't <laughs> Thor. Wasn't Thor? Well, no, okay. He has not been in a great movie that wasn't Ragnarok or an Avengers movie. I don't think anybody ever said he was a good actor. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to think. That's a good point because he's a movie. He's kind of a movie star. Yeah, he is. Anyone who is a main role in the Avengers movies is a movie star. But he yeah. is. No, you know what? Not even an argument. He is the worst acting Avenger. <laughs> My uh, God, I'm trying to. Th- and don't yeah. get me wrong. I love me some Chris Hemsworth. I will watch that man do anything at well, any he, point of any day. He, he, except he, like, doesn't Ghostbusters answer the call. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like, I hate I hate their version of a proton pack. because uh, Not proton. Uh, I do. But I also hate their, their trap because it's just a propane tank. I hated the trap. The trap was so bad. <laughs> and like what's the point of this movie like for the for, for the equipment because of the fact that the idea from in the original ghostbusters is that the uh proton pack is a straight laser you know stream to catch the ghost to put them in the trap but in the final battle sequence we have them destroying the ghost with the beams yeah I hate we're it. just throwing them to the side yeah well that's what and, i'm saying like they should have just scrapped the whole proton pack idea it had a new thing like that would have been fine because we we but there's also this two scenes that are all probably honestly the same scene this filmed it super long to decide to separate them of them testing out the proton pack 
And then like 20 minutes later, we go back to the alley where they're testing the proton pack to test new guns. Ooh. I hated the ghost grenades. I hate like the ghost puncher thing was kind of interesting, but yeah. also really stupid. See, they almost had a they had an opportunity for almost a good scene there with the they because they could have done the James Bond like Q thing with the gadgets. The, but yeah, then but they, they did not come off. That but way. they went with the SNL way of the proton pack going crazy and Melissa McCarthy yelling, "This is like a gator." By the way, they could have like killed people in that. Alley. Oh, they probably. T- they probably I think they did, did kill people. <laughs> no, I wanted to talk about this. In Ghostbusters, like they're actually really safe with the proton packs. Like they're never yes. like, hey, like these can destroy people. Dude, they literally shoot the proton packs in a crowded arena around people. Yeah, they did. And, and those things I'm pretty sure would just vaporize people. And that's <laughs> one thing I don't like about this movie is the fact that you see four people shooting proton laser beams out of a gun. And they continue to listen to the music, and the band continues to play. Great to know at a show like that, that actually might not be that out of place. Yeah, that's almost that's also because this movie lacks setup for jokes. So that's why at the beginning of the podcast, I said there are no jokes in this movie. So, like, a joke usually requires setup. They could have, like, the idea of like a ghost appearing at a metal concert is funny because it's like Ghosts and Goblins, Black Sabbath shit. Well, that's why it was Ozfest. This is why Ozzy Osbourne was in it, just to say bloody wankers. And by the way, Paul Feig, I think, hates metal music. That is that looks nothing. He probably doesn't know what metal music is. It was very bright and like shiny. I'm like, that's isn't it? There's like usually a lot of smoke and like it's dark. It is. Well, they had the deco art everywhere, so yeah, it was all that damn Um, deco art. But like, you know, the one, the I would say this: if this movie didn't wasn't bad. The shot of all four of them shooting the beams for the first time as like the camera pan across them. That's a cool shot. If, if, it, if the beams weren't going yes, across the damn letterbox. If they didn't do such <laughs> a too. like whack way of doing it where you clearly like see them just like, all right, ladies, just shake your arms backwards a little bit to look like you're getting some sort of resistance from the yeah. beam getting out. <laughs> yeah. Like their physical work with that, I was like, that looked like, have you ever watched old shows where people fire guns and they, like, snap their wrists back? I'm like, that's yes. not how you fucking fire a gun. That's what <laughs> it looked like to me with them firing the proton packs. There, there's, like, there's things in this movie that just did, doesn't make any sense of the fact that, um, like, what it, you know how in the original two, it's scary, comedy, and action. And they all have their points and parts. However, in the scene of them at the concert, you see, like, you know, you see uh, Kristen Wiig's character like searching for th- something, and then all of a sudden, comedy part right here when Kristen Wiig's just standing there in a wig. <laughs> I mean, uh, Kate McKinnon's standing in a wig, and then she makes a joke, and it's like, no, focus. We're trying to find a ghost. You know, we're trying to find <laughs> what we're looking for. You know, it's like with the Ghostbusters in the original ones, they're not goofing around. Ish, part, like uh, like that- outside of Bill Murray. Bill Murray was supposed to be like the comic comedian gag. Well, everyone mm-hmm. else was like super focused and believed in it all. But like but, there was not that character in this one. Like they all exactly. were just cutting gags the whole time. Well, and that's why Ghostbusters 1 is so funny because that we they are like playing it serious. Because uh, one of my a couple of my favorite internet folks were talking about the uh, Ghostbusters 2016, and they pointed out the scene in Ghostbusters 1 where uh, Janine says, uh, picking up or dropping off when the, when the cop shows up. Yeah. Or, and then just that scene in itself is like a good joke. Just her delivery of that line. 
like picking up dropping off like and that's hilarious because like are they getting arrested again or are you dropping picking up picking up or dropping off yeah Yeah. but just like that little there's nothing there was nothing there's no like subtle there's nothing subtle in this movie yeah like to me like one of like the best scenes i'll be is the scene of when the ghost dragon is on top of leslie jones and she's like you know what guys i'm done i'm tired i'm out of here yeah. I thought her way of handling it was great, yes. but I hated that yes. entire scene. Uh, yes, in the, exactly. the whole thing of it just standing there. I'm like, what are we doing? But Leslie, the Leslie Jones delivery of that, be like, no, you know what? You know what? There's something on you. No, 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 no. We're good. Just We're shut good. Your mouth. I'm going home. Like, going. yes, that's the best scene because of her acting of like, I'm done here, guys. We are. God, Leslie Jones rap. was just. It's almost sad at how good Leslie Jones was in this movie to have to have the rest of the movie around her. Well, and then she had that one, she had that funny moment too, where in, in horror movies, they never do it, but someone was like, no, fuck that. I'm not going in there. That's scary. When she walks away from the mannequin. <laughs> like, she, that was so good. <laughs> yeah. It's like, there are some scenes in this movie that, and to some people, are scary. The scene of her walking into the room of all the models, and she's like, I'm out. And then she's walking the hallway, and then the the possessed model, you know, a fake statue follows. Why, why and she's didn't like, they use a real fucking thing for that scene? They had to CG it, like they because it's Paul Feig. Want to use, want to use that money? And then you know she's like, awful. was that there beforehand? And then she's like, don't turn, don't look at me, don't look at me. It looks, and then she books it. Like her performance, performance there was awesome, but just like, what are we doing? <laughs> Yeah, the dragons inside the, uh, you know, in the which in in and of itself like doesn't make any fucking sense. Why is there a ghost dragon? (laughs) Right, because because yeah, we have the like everything else is actually at least attached to a person. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the 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 only bit I liked with Melissa McCarthy though was after they fought all the ghosts and she was just going like, you know what? I was like you or you like, she's just telling all the ghosts off, like from like the famous historian people. Like that was the only line I think where she was actually kind of funny. Yeah. Cause yeah. They, they, they got at least Melissa McCarthy can be good. You just gotta like have some material. <laughs> they didn't have any material. Give her some sort of character to go with. Yeah. Um, But yeah, there's just a lot of things in this movie. Like we've talked about how, it just goes too long. Like, I yeah. just goes too long. I don't like the, you know, this is the when when I picked this franchise, I knew this would be the, uh, <laughs> you know, redheaded stepchild. Um, but let's talk about the uh, cameos that they decide to bring in, um, as they decide to bring in everybody, all living members of the Ghostbusters uh, one. Uh, Harold Ramis passed away in 2014, so they had the a bust of him in the college to uh, remember him. You know, at the end of the movie, they says this is for Harold. Uh, that bust was later donated to the Harold Ramis Film School in Chicago, Second City, where he began his career. Um, Dan Aykroyd spoiled his cameo in the movie as he tweeted it out. Um, Classy. Then deleted pointless. <laughs> it was so well, dumb. Like I, t- being a fan of the franchise, and like just being a fan of movies, and when you get a cameo, and like, oh, this is a big name cameo. They all were like, they were all duds. Like, 
I would. Done. I actually liked Ernie Hudson's. I thought Ernie, Ernie Hudson's was fine. And to be honest, and like I liked him too, as he was uh, Leslie Jones' uncle, who was the uh, funeral um, owner, you know, of the Ecto One that they destroyed. But the idea of, um, to me, it's just like at the end, he's just there again. You know what I mean? Like it's just like Ernie Hudson's here. You have Dan Aykroyd as a New York. Uh, cab driver who you know oh you got yourself a grade five plasma ghost hey, I, I ain't afraid of no ghosts and you know drives off dude oh my god when he said i ain't afraid of no ghosts i literally wanted to throw something through my tv because they kept doing those two in the movie of like and who are you going to call you know it's just like uh, annie potts she's a you know the front desk at the hotel that the villain works at I'm like what do you want i'm like okay that's pretty fu-. you know like but number one dud, Bill Murray. Agreed. First off, first Agreed. off, he didn't want to do the movie, but he he agreed to it because he's friends with McCarthy and Wig. So if you guys look oh so easily, you will notice that they're not even in the same room with him. That makes sense. Because he did his scene separately because it was uh, his scenes were filmed after our refilming so it was a late it was a late film so if you watch he's talking to them and then when they show uh behind him it's just some guy wearing the hat that he's supposed to be have on (laughs) it's the fedora he's wearing (laughs) it's just some guy just the camera's behind him going that's him all right because there is no scene of them in the same shot well it's funny it's it, it's not my joke. It's a joke I heard that he is sitting down the entire time in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I, it's like that had to have been like part of the contract when he agreed to do the movie. It was like, all right, but I'm not going to like be standing or moving around. Yeah, I'll walk <laughs> to my seat and that's yeah. it. But like, yeah, he just sits on the ground. He just sits. And the, so the camera then pans to him and you have the two, you know, uh, Wig and McCarthy as they are, um, you know, trying to show them that we have a ghost. And then we pan back to behind him, and it's just like, come on, you know, like you can just totally tell he's not in the same room. <laughs> um, but then, you know, and I just don't like him. I just the, they made him like the character that he wanted to be in the other Ghostbuster movie, if he was part of it, was a denier. He didn't want to be there, so they killed him off. <laughs> but I guess in the lore, they don't kill him off. He just he's just severely hurt as he gets thrown out the window by the ghost that. Kristen Wiig exposes. Wait, the he dragon. didn't actually die? No, he didn't die. Wow. I hate like, the phrase Ghostbusters lore, by the way. <laughs> we should stop saying that. <laughs> well, there is lore, so shut up. <laughs> I mean, every movie has lore, Keith. First we of all, vibes. Oh, yeah. I, fuck you, vibe boy. Vibe boy. No, I just, I, I, I don't like concerning myself with like outside content from Ghostbusters 1 and 2. <laughs> like, I don't like. It's exhausting to think about video game content. No, sorry, Keith. <laughs> sorry, pal. <laughs> no, I'm not criticizing your content. I'm criticizing. Um, and the then content. we we get Sigourney Reaver as um, uh, Kate McKinnon's like professor. At the end, once again, uh, at yeah. the end in the mid credit scene, it's just like you're really going to use her for mid credit scene, and um. Like, <laughs> I get it. Uh, Rick Moranis was, they asked him, but he, since he was retired from 
acting, he said no. So that's why his character, he was supposed to be the professor, the the dean of McCarthy's uh, school, the one that does the birds and all that. that he was supposed been a to be lot that. better. Yeah. Well, and this this whole this Ghostbusters twenty sixteen's like half in half out of Ghostbusters lore is kind of is irritating because like I wish they wouldn't have committed to one or the other. Like it's so it's frustrating. Like just it is, like, it is. Yeah. Like be your own thing or don't. It's like exactly. Like, I 100% <laughs> agree with you, Keith, because of the fact that they want to be their own movie, but then they throw in everything else that they, you know, we focus on the car, which by the way, there's a scene in the movie, but they edited it out that the Ecto one is shown at the restaurant before they even got it. That's hilarious. Um, you know, like they want to be their own movie, but then they do all the callbacks. They call it this, you know, like don't call the the car Ecto one, call it something else. Um, they do their own different proton packs and uh, traps and uh, PK uh, meters, but they just don't, they look like they're half-assed. Yeah. Well, the one visual effect in this movie I did enjoy was at, at the basement and with the green ghosts trying to come out the windows. I thought that looked kind of neat. The villain having all the ghosts trapped in mirrors. And by the way, did like they that that like buildup of them showing up and finding that and defeating him was so flat. Oh, it was. <laughs> how do they do? How do they? How, how do they defeat the bad guy? Oh, hey, you need to stop. No, yeah, Christopher himself, and then they just flick the. Granted, to be off. fair, it was all a setup as a part of his plan, but it was. Yeah. But, but then yeah, but like, they just like drew lines on a map. Oh, there he is. <laughs> yeah. Then they draw the map. Oh, there he is. And then they turn the switch off. And then they get told by uh, Cecily Slo- uh, Strong and the guys like, all right, you guys can stop what you're doing, but you can continue working, doing what you're doing. But this, you know, don't make any no- uh, news about it. Yeah. I still like the idea of what the villain was doing. But yeah, just. Like there was that nugget. There was there was something that could have been great. Yeah, and then we get then we get the but ghost. But then there's everything else. And then somehow he has the power to fly into people's bodies and take control of their bodies. And to me, I'm like, what the hell? We've already discussed how I hate it. We hated it. But it's just <laughs> like, what does he do? Only take over uh, Chris Chris Hemsworth's body. And now Chris Chris Hemsworth, who wants to be a Ghostbuster, but he's in the, he's the idiot of the movie, and you know they make those jokes about how you know how beefy Chris Hemsworth is. Oh look, who brought the blonde Clark Kent? You know when he when the guy uh, villains in his body he lifts something heavy. He's like, I should have worked out. I definitely oh, yeah. should have worked out. That was a little much. No and. This movie being aware of the like shitty internet trolls and IGN comment section people was kind of cringy. Like that was that that made me like wince when they did the "ain't no bitches be fighting ghosts" or whatever line. Yeah, I was like, yeah. what are you what are you doing, Paul Feig? Like, <laughs> and, then, and then he and then Paul decides to hey, let's have a dance number. Like, re- why do we need a dance number in a movie about ghosts? Well, I would have. I would have liked to have seen it. <laughs> you really they do. Um, they do. Basically, it's Saturday Night Live or uh, Saturday Night Fever. Yeah, they do oh. disco. Do you should be dancing? You should be dancing, or something like. <laughs> it should have been staying alive by the Bee Gees, but uh, like Chris Hemsworth's character takes over all the humans, 
and he like has he just has the about like the ability suddenly to like control people, yeah. but doesn't use that on the Ghostbusters. I yeah, <laughs> like he can use all the power to control everybody and have them stand still. But when the Ghostbusters show up, it's like oh, I can't do anything to them. It just it sucks. Well, and then, you know, and they try to like, and then it then they like try to, you know make fun of themselves so the fact like when he when the guy is controlling helms with body and he's flying he's like does this does this look like peter pan to me and then they do the the gozer part of like who do you want me to look like and it's like something friendly so then he becomes the ghostbuster logo and then slightly like casper yeah well, and all, just this it just hurt my heart as as we can tell this movie is extremely easy to dunk on but like I'm trying to think of how it could have worked. They could have, I think, what they could have done is like really focused on the comedy, and like made it a funny, like a funny, funny movie. Like that would have been good, and have like have the ghosts in the background. But like trying to make us care about like her, like getting her whether or not she gets tenure at the college, like having us care about like it, whatever the fuck else happens in this movie it was unnecessary. It, it, it's like to me. <laughs> You're right, Keith. How should we care? Because <laughs> Ghostbusters 1 has been almost up for 30 years. And I can name you almost every char- main character in that movie. <laughs> I can't name you one right now for this movie. No. Hol- you know, Hol- I... Holtzman, the, look at, Hol- Holtzman sounds like Bankman, and I hate that. <laughs> and she looks like Egon from the real Ghostbusters. Yeah. But, like... If go back and listen to the Ghostbuster plot breakdown, that was like 80% from my head. I had notes in front of me just to make sure I had the naming of the situ- buildings and stuff right. But like the plot and Ghostbusters 2, the plot, 80% of my head in my head. I know it from, from beginning to end. And the yeah. characters' names. But for this, it's just like, who's the villain? Um, that one guy that was picked on and decided I'm going to destroy the world. An internet troll is what they were getting. <laughs> exactly. He's an internet troll. But um uh and then they name drop Zool at the end. That was kind of tacky. I didn't like that. Because so okay, so yeah, at, at the after credit scene, it's them, you know, after saving the day, they get whatever they want, they get the firehouse, uh we get the containment system. Uh so after the credits, we get the Zool, like what's Zool? And everyone's like they just shrug their shoulders, like, I don't know. They've obviously um, bef- like seen Ghostbusters before, but it seems like they just know. <laughs> yeah. All right, you think? But um, before in 2016, the Hollywood Reporter expressed uh, uh, before the movie even came out that they the the cast and Feig signed on for two sequels. Oof, oof. <laughs> but after the after 2016, after the release of this movie, and the fact that um, the film was a box office bomb, they. This one, no, we don't think we will. And then in uh, October 2016, Feed came out and said that the sequel was not in the work. Uh, but if it performed well, the home release, it might, but it didn't. <laughs> yeah. And is, who, isn't Zool just like the, the dogs? Who, like, Zool is the. Because uh... there's. Is Zool like Gozer's boss or something? Like, who is Zool? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, like, that's not the one people care about they should have name dropped gozer that's like what they should have done if they wanted to be all sneaky about it but like who 
Yeah, who cares about Zool? Uh, they did, I guess, right? Yeah. Um, let me. Zool is where is it? Zool, yeah, Zool is the gatekeeper of Gozer, the demon god, the terror dogs. Yeah, so it's just it's just the dog. Like they heard it's about just the a dog. Ga- yeah, Zool <laughs> is the gatekeeper. Yeah. So Zool is um, Sigourney Reaver's character from one. Yeah. But you're right, like. Well, because they're playing it off of the fact that the um, EVP said Zool because in the mini fridge, in the fridge in one, it says Zool. Yeah, and that, that and made sense which, there. You, by the way, which we knew what type of movie we were going to be in when they show they want to show an EVP and it's a, a, a creep or a fart. It's like, right. <laughs> this is what we're getting ourselves into, huh? See, if they would have leaned into the comedy, like I was saying earlier, they could do fart jokes. Like I'm all I love, I love a good fart joke, but they like they decided to have us like try to have like heartfelt feelings for these characters. Like I don't want to like I, I don't want to like my Ghostbusters. Like you're not supposed to like them. <laughs> no. People don't like them. They love the originals. No. <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, it's like, but they are scum. They're, yeah, they're scumbags, oh. but that's funny. That's like why you like them. It's like there's really, like I've said before multiple times for this show, there is no drama to this movie. Like, sure, there are dra- there's drama and there is some serious, there's, and there's no seriousness to this movie. <laughs> you know, like the idea of Andy Garcia being the mayor. Okay, cool. What are we going to do with him? You know, the one line he does is, hey, they're going to compare you to the ghost, the mayor from Jaws. And then he just snaps, like, don't you ever compare me to him. It's like, okay. <laughs> you know, and like when she gets called Ghost Girl, she, in your, in your, um, do you, Keith, if you remember, do you know why she goes to the mayor? Kristen Wig does at the restaurant. Like, how does she get there? Like, how does she lead the group? Oh, yeah. She's just become separated. I don't remember why. I remember asking that while I was watching. I was like, wait, why is, why is she separate, separated now? <laughs> because in, in me and Rick's edition, someone calls her a ghost girl, and then he she punches him. And then that, that's how she leaves the group. Oh. Okay. Yeah. That. God. Puffy hates his audience, and I don't think he likes Ghostbusters, but he's recording a script with people that really like Ghostbusters. <laughs> but they don't pay attention to the uh you know to the requests or anything like hey if you did like this this might help yeah um but yeah you know the chris hemsworth you know he's in uh, you know another chuckle is the uh i'm trying here's my photo shots what do you think makes me look smarter me playing saxophone or me listening to saxophone that was a good but we like- had that the whole movie with them I didn't like the joke of him covering covering his eyes for the loud noises. That kind of don't listen and then covers his eyes like he's not. Yeah, yeah. it's like uh, Keith, you have your name title, my cat. It's like, can I bring <laughs> my cat with me? It's like, you want to bring your cat here? No, no, it's my cat, my dog. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's like it. Hemsworth improv. <laughs> in, in, in me and Rick's movie at the end when they save the day, the. He's like, I'm hungry, and he, he has a sandwich in his hand. They throw it away, and then someone throws him a bagel. Someone throws him a water, and like, oh, it's just oh, like, hey, oh. can I have this? And like, all of a sudden, off screen, it gets thrown to him. 
All he had was the sandwich and the way, the way I saw it. No, he asked. He gets everything else. Uh, what did you guys think of the final boss scene of them having to go to the? We already talked about it. it's garbage. It's just everything about it's garbage. <laughs> well, like going into like the idea of them going into hell or whatever to, you know, oh the fact that the giant state puff marshmallow ripoff drags McCarthy into the portal with her. Oh man, yeah, that. I guess the like. It's 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 another throwback to the goddamn original movies, which I kind of wish they wouldn't do anymore. But they like acknowledge the like there's a, the reactor, there's a nuclear reactor on the back of your pack there, and they like it wasn't on the uh, back of their pack. It was on the car. Yeah, yeah, around yeah, but in the movie, in the old ones, it is. But yeah, in this in this on the car, and they like they actually like call back to that. It's like the one bit of writing in the movie where they're like, okay, there's a bomb on this car. Let's use the car. They like set up that there's a bomb on the car. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying it was like, it was a little bit thought out, which was nice. <laughs> and then like they have, they brought Slimer back, but then they brought a female Slimer too. And then Slimer, the Slimer is still a car. They stole yeah, a- Ecto-1. Yeah, they stole Ecto-1. It's just like, really? They, and the Slimer was eating hot dogs again. Slimer loves eating hot dogs. And there was another callback to one, yeah. you know, it's just like... <laughs> Just make up your mind on how you want to do this movie. Mm-hmm. But um did you was there any by the way, this was the most as of January 2019, the film held the most YouTube record for movie for the movie trailer for the most dislikes. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> um, was there anything you liked? Any scene besides the like what we talked about, like Leslie Jones. I think we talked about the entire. I think we've gone over every scene in the entire movie at this point. <laughs> Should we do a musical breakdown like we've uh, done three times so far in the movie? Oh, what's about Fallout? What about Fallout? Oh yeah, Fallout Boy. That song seemed like it was way bigger with the how much it was like used for pub for the movie. It was only in the movie for like yeah. two seconds. Well, I don't know if you know this, but Missy Elliott's also in the song. Too. That's who it was. We were trying to figure out who that was last night. Missy Elliott. Yeah. Oh, the song, the song, the song, the music was overall pretty shitty in the movie, but I didn't mind Fallout Boy. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like the music in this. It is weird because when you play the disc, it does like if you go back and watch, if you put, uh, when I put uh, one and two in and 4K, they played Ghostbusters, um, the theme song with just the logo. I'm like, okay, there's the song. Well, they played it again for this one, but it's like some generic version of it. It was nice. I think it was like the remastered edition, but the remastered edition sounds worse than the original. <laughs> some weird kind of like, I don't like this at all. Um, like no, the part, we all, yeah. Go ahead. The part, the, the part I liked was there was at least a moment or two with each character where like these are clearly charismatic actors. So like there was mm-hmm. points, little there was little like glimmering points when each of them had a moment where they're like, oh yeah, there's there's the Kristen Wiig I know, or like, yeah. but there was it was just these little small moments. Like Leslie Jones's character was fun. She was just she was like working class, which was nice. They were all kind of snooty except for her. Yeah. Um, you guys ready for the budget for this? I bet it was probably offensive. <laughs> I'm excited. Do you want to okay. take a guess? So I'll let me, I'll just say this now. Remember, Ghostbusters one and two 
combined 67 million. One got 30, one got 30, uh, two got 37 million. What did Ghostbusters 2016 budget get? 129. I'm going to go 73. $144 million. My God. <laughs> $144 million. Bet it didn't make its money back. <laughs> Let's go to the box office, shall we? The gross for this movie, just in the United States, $128 million. Internationally, $100 million. So worldwide, it got $229 million. But... Here comes the butt. The combine of production, marketing, and other costs and the bomb of the box office, Sony lost over $70 million. Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah. They lost $70 million over the fact of this movie. So that's why they canceled the sequels because of how bad this movie is. Man, well, yeah, they, they had to pay all those like BuzzFeed writers to write articles about how like revolutionary this movie is for the, the social causes. Yeah. Keith, do you have your uh, review? I do. It was written by Roger Ebert is a uh, floating apparition now, just typing up reviews through the, oh God, I'm going to butcher this name. I'm sorry, Susan. Susan Lozans. Nah. There you go. I butcher your names all the time, so we're good. It's a, it's almost. I wanted to say, what's the name in, in uh, Monsters Inc. Wazowski. It's Wazowski. It's, it's basically Wazowski, but a little different. It's I'm a sorry. Martha Ski. <clears throat> Martha Ski. There yeah. we go. No, that's a uh, Susan <clears throat> writing with the spirit of Roger Ebert inside of her. Gave Ghostbusters two stars, and. And I've, I've, I skimmed over the review. I honestly wasn't very interested because this movie sucks ass. <laughs> Don't but, I have a, I have a, go ahead. Oh, um, let's see. I'm trying to find a, I suppose it was inevitable that in the age of YouTube, the filmmakers would seize the opportunity to have a comment mock on an online video of a ghost capture with the observation. Ain't no bitch is going to hunt no ghosts while the women react with appropriate scorn. But I would have preferred they simply had shut their naysayers down by producing a better movie. So, hey, Susan, notice the same thing I noticed. That makes me feel like a real movie expert. There you go. <laughs> um, Richard Roper, the guy that took over for Ebert, oh, uh, gave this uh, out of four stars. He gave it one out of four. Yikes. Criticizing <laughs> acting, script, and cheesy special effects. <laughs> and he said that it was one of the worst films of the year, rating it a D minus. Oh yeah, yeah, Roper does letters, does letter scores. That's right. Yeah, he does. So let's go to the box office for June 16th through the 18th, and let's see if you've seen this movie. Okay, good. I was like, wait a minute, how is well, Canine here? But I'm looking at Ghostbusters 2. Well, what was the release date again? Uh sorry. Uh I was looking at the Ghostbusters 2. It was July 15th through the 17th of 2016. Okay. Uh, coming in at number 10 in its fourth week with 2.5 million Independence Day Resurgence. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie Ugh, either. Don't, don't. <laughs> I've not seen it yet either. That'd coming in number scene. nine uh, in, in its third week with 3.7 million, the BFG. Didn't see that either. It's a cool, it's a cool old cartoon when I was a kid. I used to love that. I've never seen it either. Coming in number eight in its first week with 5.2 million. The Infiltrator. Nah, I never I've heard of it. Never even heard of it. 
Uh, coming in number seven in its fifth week with 5.3 million Central Intelligence. Kevin Hart. Kevin oh, Hart yeah. Rock. I didn't, that the... was, I didn't like that one very much. No. Uh, coming yeah, boobies, in number... aren't, boobies aren't good in 2016. <laughs> coming in number six in its fifth week with uh, or third week with six million purge election year. That one's pretty good. That, that's a good purge movie. Coming in at number five in its second week with 7.6 million. Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Yeah, nope. that was funny. <laughs> oh, wait. No, I do like actually like that one. <laughs> uh, coming in at number four in its fifth week with 11 million. Finding Dora. Dory? Yeah, that's what I meant. Dory. Finding Dora. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the uh, drama version of Dory. Uh, coming in at number three in its third week with 11 million. The Legend of Tarzan. It's not the rock one. It's the. Is that the one with the dude from True Blood? Yes. Coming in number two in its first week with 46 million Ghostbusters. It didn't even get number one. Coming in at number one in its second week. It's probably like Iron Man 3 or something. With $50 million, The Secret Life of Pets. (laughs) It lost The Secret Life of Pets on its second week. Yep. I don't even really like The Secret Life of Pets. (laughs) Yeah, that movie's funny because Louis C.K. was in it and they made a sequel. (laughs) So let's go. That was a whole fun thing. Yeah. (laughs) What's also fun is uselubes.com. Got to get it in. Let's go to the ratings. IMDb gave this a 6.5 out of 10. That's generous. Rotten Tomato has of, I think... Well, this was a couple of weeks ago. Let me uh, double check here. But um, all critics gave this a 74. Okay. See, part uh, of that budget went towards paying off critics. <laughs> uh, top critics gave this a 71. I don't see it. Okay. And, um, yep, still the same scores. And audience gave this a 49 rotten. So it's certified fresh and because it's on the uh, packaging, it's certified fresh. So that when it was still a big thing to be fresh, they uh, made sure to post that for this movie. So my heart's going to be broken when we find out the results of these, but let's glaze some stars. Oh, here we go. Wait, do we... Glaze first, or we rank first? Oh, let's rank them. Let's rank them. Let's rank them. Let's get. This is a quick, easy one. Three is at the bottom of everything. The ghost looked bad. And three be four. (laughs) And uh, can we can like out of one, two, three, and four? Since we're doing afterlife, can it? No, no, it already ranks at the bottom of everything. So, so in my notes, I should have one, two, space four. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay. Okay, so Keith, is this your number one movie? No, that's what you're telling me. That's what you're telling me on the golf course. Well, what I was telling you on the golf course is I need more improv in my movies. Yes, yeah. That this legitimately that of all the movies we've watched for this podcast is my least rewatchable movie ever. Yeah, I never want to even remember that this is a thing again. Right. Well, that's the so, that's something I like. The big sin of this movie isn't the plot or the acting; it's the 
boredom and they like this movie was so boring there was not yep that's exactly. the big sin that's the big sin i think ding ding so let's glaze some stars star 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 glazer oh man that's an impotent glaze um keith must keith must be working the machine hey. so i really sh- don't feel like we should ask what we got in the last two so let's just what are we giving this movie and let's find out how bad it hurts the overall for ghostbusters keith what do you give it mm, i'm gonna go uh one 1.75 wow i'm amazed wow. it's that high <laughs> well yeah, i was the, thinking that actors are charming <laughs> rick it gets a quarter star for me. Woo. I would Woo. much rather watch the fourth Predator movie or Legally Blonde 2 before I ever touch this. So it's not getting rated higher than those. <laughs> yeah, the action sucks and the comedy sucks. And it tries to do both in equal measures. <laughs> um, this movie just sucks. I'll give it a... I'll give it a half. Woo, geez. Half for half for effort. Yikes. Keith, you rated this movie only a quarter of a star lower than Predator 2. <sighs> that's why he's crazy. Okay? That's my reg- that's my regret. <laughs> this, this this podcast project we're doing here, it showed me how good Fast and Furious 2 and Predator 2 both are. Both those two movies became important in my life now. <laughs> Ejecto Cito cuz. Yeah. Fast and Furious 2 is genius. <laughs> you say but, this is a this movie is a full three quarters of a star better than Legally Blonde 2. Ouch. I and yep. Oh yeah. No, uh, I don't know. I'm surprised. I honestly thought he was gonna <laughs> get a three quarters of a star. Like I thought he was gonna be a low one for sure. I don't know where that one came from. That's bonkers. Well, it he is uh, one he's a radical. Internet discourse. That that's where the start there it came is. In. It was very fun. <laughs> At Keith a point was one of those eight, IGN. Keith saved this from being our lowest rated movie. That's funny. This came into a point eight, a full point one of a star higher than Legally Blonde Two. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, IGN fucking loved this movie. I keep ragging on IGN, but they like their, their review they gave it like seven out of ten if i remember right because ign's a dirt rag that people pay for their reviews for <laughs> yeah the comment sections are lit though <laughs> it's lit so rick where where is it put on the where does it put this uh awful it's our second lowest rated movie so well, the average for right now. The average for Ghostbusters was a 4.3 coming into this. Yeah. The Ghostbusters franchise is now a 3.1. It's gotta be the biggest drop. Oh, oh that is hurts right there. <laughs> that that, 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 it, that has to be that is the biggest drop. I don't drop. think Afterlife can overcome that to make it our highest rated franchise, <laughs> by the way. So Rick, your your mission is to be like just put some numbers in and see like what can get it back to the top and like like if i know we're not all giving it fives but like if, if we gave it all fives would it be possible if we gave it all fives it would still not be our highest that's hilarious rated, our wow. highest rated so, so it afterlife would have to have a miracle after our conversation where we give it like seven out of five or something we need it <laughs> we need we need to make sure in the tokyo dome because that gives six and sevens now 
Like if we gave it a seven, prop most likely, right? Uh, that would probably boost it. A full five makes it a three point six. That's hilarious. Only well, goes up point five. Jesus. <laughs> Damn you, twenty sixteen. Damn <laughs> you. Like I said at the, at the top, it was one of the stupidest points in history with one of the stupidest discourses yeah. with a stupid movie. And it was like, it was just on the news. It was on the internet. <laughs> it was a very well, weird time. It is a weird time. But this brings us then to Ghostbusters 2016, Answer the Call. And we're moving on to Ghostbusters Afterlife, the new movie that just came out a couple months, about a month ago. Directed by Jason Reitman, the son of Ivan Reitman, over what he calls himself the first ever Ghostbuster fan. So we get to see how somebody that knows Ghostbusters does for a film. I can't wait to talk about it. I can't wait to see it again to, uh, you know, study all that good stuff. So that's exciting. So next week here, Ghostbusters Afterlife. With the world's you, most sexiest man. And, it, and it's not Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> See what I did there? Because he was one at one time. But to find our No Cell Sexiest Man, you can go to nocellentainment.com. That's right, nocellentainment.com, where you can see Keith reenact every sexiest man uh, front page pose. How's that Maybe. going, Keith? Are you almost done? No, it's an ongoing project. I'm really, mm-hmm. I'm not happy with the lighting. It makes um, my, it makes my taint look small. Ah. No, your taint makes your taint look small. My taint is great. <laughs> NoSellEntertainment.com. That's right. <laughs> NoSellEntertainment.com. All of our taints the, are great. Where the taint is great, and like, and you can find all of our podcasts and all of our blogs, and like always, you can listen to all of our podcasts wherever you listen to our podcasts. So Egon's a bit of a dick, huh? 